It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Inside the Birds is back. What's going on, everybody? Adam Kaplan, Jeff Mosher here for our Inside the Birds post-game podcast. From the link where the Eagles lose 17-9 to in the NFC wildcard game. Adam, this is our last post-game podcast of 2019. Definitely not our last pod. I want everybody to know you and I are going to be keeping this thing going in heavy rotation throughout the offseason until the start of next season. So you and I aren't going anywhere, but the season is done for the Eagles. They lose 17-9. There are probably more topics than we have time to get to, but who would have thought that they would lose by the exact same score that they lost to the Seahawks six weeks ago in the same venue? How's that even possible? Is that set an NFL record, Jeff? Two teams not in the same division, but the same conference. They play at the same venue and they, they, they put up the same score, only 26 points, 17 to nine, both games. But you know, look, obviously Jeff, the story is a game of the game for the Eagles. Simply this Carson Wentz gets hurt. That changed everything. He gets hurt in the first quarter very early with a head injury when he gets speared really illegally by Jadevian Clowney, mm-hmm. who had a very good game for guys playing with a sport turnia. And uh, they simply could not, could not protect well enough. Uh, Josh McCown got sacked six times. But the story obviously is once going down early, and that changed the game. Yeah, um, a lot of dynamics changed as far as the matchups you and I talked about going into the game. First of all, the Eagles, as we noted in the pregame or preview podcast, the Eagles are one of the best red zone teams in the NFL with Carson Wentz. Situationally, they were fantastic on third down, fantastic in the red zone, top five in both. Uh, you saw tonight 
three trips to the red zone, no touchdowns, clearly. And I'm not blaming Josh McCown. He gets thrown into the fire, but that's a big difference. And I think that it's fair to suggest or even think that Carson Wentz pulling the trigger the entire game, there's a different result and more points on the scoreboard. No question. And Carson barely played when he did. They, the first series wasn't very good. He got sacked. Missed a couple throws. It, he just needed to keep playing and get himself out of it, but he never got the chance because he got hit. I expect Clowney's going to get fined for that because he lowered his helmet to initiate contact. It doesn't matter whether quarterback was sliding or not. You can't mm-hmm. do. You cannot lower your head. That's the rule. Right. So, we'll, we'll, and I know, I know, Doug Peterson wasn't happy about it, but nevertheless, as you said, it changed the focus of the game. Uh, Miles Sanders, don't forget, a couple of things happened. Miles Sanders left the game. Uh, with what looked to be a hip injury. They never announced it, but it was very clear he got hit on the side, and he didn't look right. It looked awkward when he got hurt. He left for a while and then kept his helmet on for a couple series, and then he got back in the second half. Uh, you know, Boston Scott took over. But, Jeff, here's my question to you. Why does Jordan Howard dress but not play? That is a great question. It's something that, to me, is a waste of a roster spot. I mean, I don't know how much Elijah Holyfield – who was signed off the practice or who was signed as a street free agent who spent the year on Carolina's practice squad could have helped. But if you just need an emergency running back to run downhill five or six times a game because you have injuries, then that would have made sense to me instead of having Jordan Howard there collecting dust. So that's one of the topics we're going to get into in this game. Um, Real quick, Adam, from a big picture takeaway from this loss, the season's over. Carson started the game, and you can make a very strong argument that every single game he played in December was a playoff atmosphere, and we saw what he could do. But he did get robbed of his first playoff game. I think that that's unfortunate for him. I don't think the Eagles were going to make it or win the Super Bowl this year, so the, the, the secondary thing you were hoping for was Carson Wentz to get as much playoff experience as possible. In the end, it's just four, four pass attempts and one completion. Yeah, look. The great thing is, Jeff, as you said, they, the, the four games he prepared for were like play, the playoff atmosphere. And then I would also had he, – he had to prepare for a playoff game. He actually – this a real playoff game, not just four games to get them into the playoffs. So mm-hmm. now he knows the way that you prepare. He'll take that into next season. And then the question is, how are they going to help him? Well, that will be part of our offseason shows where we – go through the roster and we dissect it. We do sort of like an autopsy of where, where what they have, uh, the guts of the team and where they need to go and who needs to come back and who needs not to come back. Well, that's, that's just another story for another show, but mm-hmm. I give, I give them credit. And Doug Peterson was so right in his, his post-game press conference, the heart and the leadership and they never, they never give in despite everything going against them with injuries. I mean, it's just, you can't make it up, and I didn't. We we didn't mention Brandon Graham left with a knee injury. He was out for a couple of series, he, then he came back. Right. Um, so it's just it's yeah, Zach. Oh my God, yeah, glad you brought that up. Zach confirmed after the game that he didn't have one just broken rib. He had two. He had the kidney thing. He was in the high. Spent Monday in the hospital. He had blood in his urine. His wife took care of him at home. He wanted to come back for you know for his teammates. Um. Although I will tell you that I know that he wanted to play the previous week, but yeah. it just was not enough time. Right. Um, but I give this guy credit. His career was almost ended, I think, four years ago with a chest injury. He was about six inches away uh, from from ending it. And bottom line, it's a guy's tough as nails. He got everyone saw the hit that he took two weeks ago. 
Uh, I give him unbelievable amount of credit. He's a special person, a special football player. Mm-hmm. But moving on here, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Look, let's um, let's go back you, real quick to the. You want to start the on the hit. offense? Yeah, let's, sorry, let's go, go to the hit on on Clowney because as you yeah. brought up, um, it it should have been an illegal hit. But I want to say two things about it. One. The referee, Sean Smith, was asked about it after the game. And by the time people yeah. listen to this podcast, I'm sure they'll hear it. But I want to I want to quote him. And his response was, quote, he was a runner and he did not give himself up. Talking about Carson Wentz. We saw incidental helmet contact. And in our judgment, we didn't rule that to be a foul. So the, the follow up question from Zach Berman from The Athletic, and it was a good one, was, well, have you seen the replay? And do you have any reservations about the call? And the answer is, quote, no, just based on what we saw in the field, we didn't deem it to be the foul. So, again, the big takeaway here is they didn't see it through. I think if they had seen it on replay, they would understand that there was more helmet to helmet than they initially realized. But they were just acting in the heat of the moment. They saw the play. They saw Carson run. They saw the guy get hit. And they didn't seem it, deem it to be incidental. So we'll see if the NFL changes, though, or at least comes out and says upon further review, that this was a bad call. Um, I, I have a feeling, as you mentioned, that Al Riveron and his crew might do that. You never know, but we'll see. But second, I want to add to this. It was a, it was definitely a penalty, but this is not Vontez perfect. Uh, I think people are piling on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. the well, cheap well, shot artist. Well, you know why. He tried to do it, and I don't see that. You remember he flattened Nick Foles last year. Then but that, that was, was a legal hit too, right? That that one was actually called illegal. Yeah, yeah, at the time. Well, he I know the pass was completed to Alshon Jeffrey in that, and so they may still right. find a penalty. But right, right, no, but he did get called for it. Um, yeah. but look, I give them credit for hanging in Seattle. You know, you mentioned to me off before we started. You know, you got to be careful with how much you throw, and you're right with, with Russell Wilson because he got hit 11 times, and their line was terrible. They had three, they had three backups playing, but. What I will tell you, the reason why the score was close, because they just were not attacking the secondary enough in the first half. Mm-hmm. But I would also tell you part of it's because he was getting hit. But to me, I'm, I'm going, here's what I'm doing, Jeff. If I'm Seattle, I'm going max protect or I'm going two tight ends a lot. And we don't have access to the play counts yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm attacking that secondary because quite frankly, Jeff, I know this is not our first offseason show, but. I don't know how you make a case for anyone, but uh, I, mean, I give LeBlanc credit. He he really battled. But other than Maddox and maybe LeBlanc, because he's he's not going to cost you anything. He's just a part of the backup group. I, I just don't know how you could compete at a high enough level to be a good playoff team with a group of quarterbacks they have. I'm just being real here. Yeah, I have a really interesting stat about uh, what ride receivers did to the Eagles this year, particularly rookies that we're going to get to when we dissect uh, the breakdowns of defense in this game. Go, mm-hmm. Going back to the quarterback a little bit. Yeah. Now, McCown comes in, and this is why I think that we, we love the, the McCown signing in the offseason. Here's a veteran, and look, he gave you what he could give you, given the potent, the practice that he put in. He held onto the ball too long. He's a backup quarterback. He has not much rhythm and chemistry with a lot of these wide receivers. But for the most part, he moved the ball. He made some nice throws, and he put the team in position to get some points. He's just the backup quarterback. So there's not much to expect there. He also took a lot of hits and had a hammy injury, but I thought in general, um, a lot of people thought that Doug needed to start getting crazy and, you know, throwing the ball, Greg Ward and running the wildcat when Carson was out. And I, you know, I had tweeted, no, no, just stay the course. And you know what? They almost pulled it off. They did not, but I, I think Doug did the right thing. 
Yeah, and, and don't forget they're hamstrung by Miles Sanders leaving the game. That and, and the other thing is you can't go with your tempo offense because McCallum didn't have any reps this week with the first team offense. Right. Backup doesn't get any reps with the with the ones. So you you couldn't run tempo, which would really be good for them over that four game stretch where Carson was in such a rhythm. Um, sometimes calling the play at the line, um, not huddling, mostly mostly in shotgun, a little bit under center, but you know, going faster. They, they can't. They couldn't do it. So they they were out of rhythm. Uh, Goddard. Some of the good stories got her, got very hot. He was playing that that power forward where he boxes the guy out. Boy, he's been doing that a lot lately, Jeff. I'm sure you've seen that. Yeah. He's, he squares the guy up. He blocks out both arms. He puts his butt out there, and he he, he boxes the guy out. Yeah, big game from him. Yeah, he did a good job. You know, Zach uh, very violently uh, you know, went out there. He did have the biggest catch of the game in terms of yardage, 32 yards. Uh, he did seem to play a lot, and I, I don't know how he did it. The guy's unbelievably tough. And – what I called for last Friday's show, they, they got to get Shelton Gibson in there. Oh, boy, did they, Jeff. Shelton Gibson played, and he drew a big P.I. Absolutely, he did, and that was a good call by you. Uh, he was a downfield presence. I was even surprised that they went to him, but it made a lot of sense in that situation. And, man, it's just one of those things where they were so close, so close, right, so close. Uh, I don't question Doug going for – for it twice there at the end of the game and skipping the field goals. They were down by eight. So even if they get field goals on both times, that's still two points. That's six points. They're still down two, and you're trying to get the ball back, and they never did. One problem I have. Okay. Second and 14. You've got the three run. minutes left. Yeah. You're down nine. What are you doing? I, I know and I know. He sh- what was the game? Was it Miami? What was the game where he shocked us on a third nine where Miles hit it and got the first down? It was shocking. Mm-hmm. But that's not with three minutes left in the game, okay? <laughs> I know. You're throwing the football. I know you're going to – some people say, well, yeah, but who's he throwing to? It doesn't matter. No, no. My my, my, football. my defense would only be this, and I'm not – like uh, my rationale for him, second and 14 is such an obvious pass down. you got a light box. You're really trying to set up a manageable third down for your quarterback, right? Uh, and so if you can get a five or six or seven-yard run there and you give yourself – third and five or six or seven, that's a little bit easier than second and 14. If it's incomplete, now it's third and 14 and it's completely unmanageable down. But I, but uh, that's maybe overthinking it, but that, that is the way sometimes coaches feel. They're trying to get themselves, their, their quarterback, especially a backup, in a more manageable situation. I would have been okay with it with 10 minutes left when, you, when mm-hmm. you're basically down to your last series. Um, and then the other thing is, I some people said, I don't necessarily agree with them that, they had three timeouts there, and they let it get down to the two-minute warning. Some people wanted them to stop the clock first, so mm. that was a little bit of a strategy thing. But um, just too many things went wrong. Uh, with Fanners leaving, as I said, I think the, 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 the Wentz injury was by far the most impactful, not only injury, mm-hmm. situation that went down. And unfortunately, it set them up for the game. But yet, but yet, they hung in there. The defense, yes, they gave up. DK, DK Metcalf destroyed them, embarrassed them. I mean, you, you can't make it up. They ran the same damn post, the, the deep post, the same play, Jeff. Yeah. The same play that beat, that they should have been beat when the first, in the first matchup when Metcalf dropped it. They ran the same play, and he beat them this time for a 53-yard touchdown. And, oh, by the way, the last play of the game, they went for a, a double team. That guy is an absolute beast. Yeah, and um, unfortunately, that's kind of like a uh... – 
uh, rinse, wash, repeat type thing all year long because that's all we've seen is Eagles cornerbacks get beaten by the deep post. So, um, I th- but you know, we, we'll talk defense. I think that wraps it up pretty much on the offense. We talked about um, the contributions from from Ertz and Goddard. You know, the, what you got from wide receivers and Greg Ward is a guy who will probably get an opportunity. Will definitely get an opportunity to make the team again, and we'll see yeah. what happens. And and you know, we'll see what happens with. With McCown, uh, you know, he's he definitely is a good backup quarterback, and I thought it was interesting. He he talked about helping out the wide receivers a lot um, in practice this week. That he's been a big help to the wide receivers, and you know, maybe he's got some coaching um, in in his, well, in his background if he wants to stop playing and be a coach. Oh, uh, he knows that he, he'd be he'd be a quarterback coach tomorrow if he wants to be in the NFL. Uh, he you know he coaches high school football. Mm-hmm. Um, now the, the see the the issue there is this, Josh has a family. He lives in North Carolina. It's very important to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was able to go home you know, that arrangement with the Eagles where he'd go home Friday night, uh, you know, spend the time in the, with the coaching the football. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But he also has a young family, and it's important to him to spend time with them. So he's going to have a decision to make. Look, remember, he retired... And because of circumstances, he came out because the Eagles offered him something. They, By the way, they had talked to him and his agent probably in the spring to see what his plans were. He said, I'm, I'm going to be – I'm going to go back – I'm going to go into television. And then when um, Sudfeld got hurt, they uh, – you know, he hurt his wrist mm-hmm. and called him. Great sir, great kid. And boy, there's a great piece by – uh, NJ.com on him this the past week. You got to read it. It was really awesome. Yeah. Well, if the Eagles could make it happen, it would be nice uh, to see him, them try to retain him in some capacity. Um, yeah. Let's let's move on to the defensive side. There's a lot to talk about there. And then some quirkier things that we noticed in the game that we wanted to get to. But before we do that, we'll pause here for a message from our sponsors. 
Hey, it's Jeff Mosher. Adam Kaplan and I love using Anchor for our Inside the Birds podcast every week. It's so user-friendly, anyone can create their own podcast, and you should too. Just download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor gives you everything you need to start your own podcast from your phone or computer. Its creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast for a professional sound, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you to Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many other platforms. It can be heard by everyone, just like Inside the Birds. You can also make money from your pod with no minimum listenership. What are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to create your podcast today. Okay, uh, the big thing on defense, Adam, is we said going into the game in our preview podcast that the Seahawks had backups at center, left guard, and left tackle. This was going to be a game in particular where Fletcher Cox had to dominate the line of scrimmage and the point of attack. I thought he did. I thought Vinnie Curry did. I thought Brandon Graham did. He, he came out and came back in. Uh, I, I think Derek Barnett played well, but he had a very costly uh, late hit penalty. Yeah, I'll say this. they they um, It's a shame because they went with a lot of man coverage. It, first half, they did fairly well. Second half, the dam broke. Uh, Metcalf got him. Um, boy, they, they roughed up Russell Wilson. They hit him 11 times. Uh, I know people complain about the sack numbers, and of all people, Malcolm Jenkins got the sack. And, and this is why you got to actually watch the game, and we'll, 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 we'll see what the tape looks like. But Fletcher Cox, from my point of, vantage point and yours, I said it last Friday's show, I thought he'd have a great game. He did. Um, but the thing that they're not getting, and this has been a problem with the secondary, Jeff, particularly this season, they don't force turnovers. That's correct. This is a major issue, and – We've beaten up the secondary all season, even before they got hurt, before the corners got hurt. That's going to be an off-season project for the Eagles. they got to cure the receiver problem and on defense, a cornerback problem, because it's not and has zero chance to go away. Now, on their touchdown drive that ended with Marshawn Lynch scoring a touchdown, Adam. There what were, a touchdown, by the way. Oh, yeah, there were two third and longs. There was a third and ten that was converted by a Russell Wilson throw to DK Metcalf across the middle. It was like an eight-yard throw, but he had a lot of space, so he turned it into a 26-yard um, pickup. And then there was the throw to Moore, number 83, right, on a third and six or seven. Oh, the crosser. Yeah, deep cross. Yeah. Where you saw uh, who missed the tackle on that. Cravon LeBlanc missed the tackle. That's correct. And yep. it went. And unfortunately, this has been an area of strength for the defense, for the Eagles defense on third down. We mentioned that. And it's not been a particularly strong part of Seattle's uh, offense, but in this particular game – Seattle converted 53% of its third downs, 8 for 15. And That's bad. Again, you look at those areas where the oh. game was won and lost, and right there. Well, and also, Russell Wilson's new name should be the backbreaker. Oh. How many backbreaking runs did he have? Uh, you know how demoralizing those runs are when he beats the defense for first down? Yes. Oh, God. Poor, I, I, I know it's got to drive Jim Schwartz crazy. I mean, it, the 22-yarder was terrible in the middle of the field. Um, he zigzags, he, and you think, and the problem is you think you have him because everything's covered and then he just runs. Yeah. Well, I remember I mentioned in the pregame podcast, uh, that we did Friday that a team source told me that they were just so tired of losing to Seattle. And unfortunately that's now six and oh, I believe that the Seahawks are against the Eagles in the Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson. Era. And guess what? What's that? They play him next year in Philly. They do play him next year. Believe in Philly. that. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> Talk about the one team you don't want to see. Uh, man, that'll be a fun pregame podcast next year for that game. Uh, the corners, we, we talked about this a little bit. Doug decided to go with, I mean, Jim decided to go with Avante Maddox and Jalen Mills on the outside, Cravon LeBlanc on the inside. You can make an argument for maybe getting Sidney Jones or Rasul Douglas in there, but it's my opinion that I think he just went with his best three corners and that if you put the other two in there in, in starting roles or nickel, that you could have just as well seen the, just as well seen the same breakdowns. Yeah, so what they did is they lack size. Obviously, Maddox is just under 5'9", LeBlanc's in that area. Right. But you're right. They went. He went with their best corners, and it just tells you where he's at with Douglas and, and Jones. He doesn't trust them. Mm-hmm. Transactions, folks, and lineup changes tell you a story or lineup decisions. They, the, the coaches don't need to tell you anything. They're telling you by what they did. It can't be challenged because that's a fact. Right. So that was crazy. I was not expecting quite like that. Uh, but I'll give Cravon LeBlanc is very competitive, man. Mm. Remember, mm-hmm. he missed half the season. He did it more than half. The season. He did a really good job. I'll give him credit. Yeah, he made bad, bad, bad missed tackle. That, there's no excuse for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple standouts, though. We Other than, uh, other than 91, 75 Curry did it again. He showed up. It's a big play. And you saw him when Brandon Graham left with his knee injury. Vinny had to play. And uh, he played a lot on the inside, by the way. Uh, it, th- I told you folks two months ago. Anthony Rush was a guy they never should have cut. When they brought him back, he is an absolute story at, against the run. He Good is player. the great. He is the great Berlin Wall. You get, <laughs> this dude is a massive human being. He's he's so atypical of Jim Schwartz's schemes because usually Jim gets the yeah. undersized guys who fly, yeah. but he yeah. runs well. He's a, he's he gets upfield good for a three hundred and fifty pounder. All right, you ready for my great stat Do that it. I told you about with yeah. the Eagles cornerbacks? Okay. DK Metcalf's one hundred and sixty yards made him gave him the fourth rookie effort of over 125 receiving yards against the Eagles this year. All right. Could I guess them all? Yes. Okay. Slayton. Darius Slayton. Collect. Correct. Terry McLaurin. Yep. Did he get two of them against him? He did. Terry McLaurin. Ah, I got them all. Uh Metcalf, Slayton, McLaurin, and McLaurin. And guess what else is interesting about those four guys, Adam? None of them were picked in the first round. And all four were picked after yeah. J.J. Arthago Whiteside. Well, you know, look, it's year one for J.J. <laughs> it, it couldn't have gone worse. That's our fallback all the time. Well, it's year one. It's year one for those guys, too. <laughs> but, but, but no, no, no. What I'm saying is. No, I know what you mean. He's going to have to produce next season. He's going to have to be on the field. He's going to have to be no worse than the fourth receiver. Right. I don't know that he'd even be that good. Um, it's going to be a coaching issue. Determine if they're going to have to develop him. He's going to have to work hard. Remember, they don't get these players until middle of April, right? By, by rule, um, and and you look there. Oh, well, you, it's funny you say rookie receivers. The Vikings destroyed them. Remember the game in uh, in Minnesota. Oh, the yeah. Vikings, the, the Falcons got them. Devontae the Adams got them. Yeah. De, oh my, Devontae. Okay. <laughs> okay. Devontae Adams. This is where he hurt his turf toe. Okay. I think in the fourth quarter, maybe. Yes. Do you know what Devontae Adams had? Maybe he, I don't even think he played in the fourth. He had 180 he had 100, yards. 180 yards on 15 targets and 10 catches. Yep. Devontae Adams runs a 4-6. So, look, we're not telling our listeners because they, they, they pointed out to us on our, our Twitter feed, and we appreciate it, what we've been telling people for weeks about the Eagles' cornerback problem. 
that is a major challenge for this front office staff because they're not a playoff team. I don't care well Wentz plays and if they help them on offense, they're not a better than a 10 win team with these corners. I don't care how good their offense is. No, definitely something that we'll have to see. Um, see what they do in the off season. And speaking of the off season, we'll we'll close this out. I was in the Eagles locker room after the game, uh-huh. and I was talking. I was among a couple of reporters talking with Jason Peters, and I specifically asked Jason. I said, Jason, how long does it take you at this stage of your career after the season is over to kind of figure out and decide if you're going to play again the next year? And he looked me straight in the eye and said, oh, I'm playing next year. So he went on to say that he felt like this was um, he felt as fresh as he's ever felt at the end of a year that he knows he has a false start issue that he thinks a lot of is with the motion that they do. And Jeff, just real quick, I cannot believe he admitted that. Yeah, he really. I, I, do you have a transcript of that? Oh, no, it's. I'm sorry, it's on the sound. You it's, got sound. Right? I was going to say, check the Inside the Birds YouTube channel, and I posted the video oh of the interview. And he also said that oh. um, he feels like he can still play at a really high level, and that no defensive ends really got the best of him. Uh, so, uh, clowning guy. I, 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 I agree with you. I'm just don't shoot the messenger. No, no, I know. I get <laughs> no, no. But I'm just saying what he's saying is a little bit questionable. But I agree. I have not seen your video. I've heard, people have retweeted the hell out of. Of it by the way um that is interesting because i've gotten the sense lately you know we had said before the season started there was no way that peters would return uh dillard had a very good preseason he really came on after his ot8s which were not very good the future is bright and then um when called upon you know obviously at right tackle is a disaster he got benched at halftime of that the first seattle game but that was at right tackle but I just get the sense, Jeff, that he's not quite where he needs to be. And I know he was a rookie and all that, but I'm not rolling out Jason Peters returning. But my question, and I know fans, when when you posted the video, were not happy with this. Yeah. My question to you would be, before we get out of here, would you be willing to bring him back as the swing tackle? Because I think there's a chance. I think there's a very good chance that Big V has played his last game for the Eagles. But why? Because he wants to start. Mm-hmm. I'm told the Eagles would like to have him back. But if you're Big V, you're going to want to start. Right. And that, um, that, that, that's I, why. I, yeah, I, I have a hard time answering it because I have a hard time thinking that Jason Peters, who just told me he's dominated defensive ends yeah. and graded higher, is going to be a backup swing tackle. I think he's going to wow. play and start. So both may leave. Well, based on your conversation with Peters, both may leave, and that means they. Well, Matt Pryor might have to be the sixth offensive lineman. Well, know, either so. that, or and we'll you know this is something we'll talk about in the off season. Maybe the organization will look at. Andre Dillard and say, you know, he didn't really have a great rookie year. He struggled at times. Maybe we need another year out of Jason Peters. Now, me personally, I'm a cut the cord guy. I would move on, but I'm I'm not the decision maker. So we'll see. we know how much this franchise and this owner, and ha- we know how they feel about Jason Peters. So well, we yeah, yeah, Jason, right. Jason is very close to um, Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, very. and Jason closed the season well. He shows he could still play in this league, but he doesn't move very well. He's he's just not the even remotely close to the player he once was, but he's he's solid enough you could win with him. Mm-hmm. But the the question is, and Jeff just talked about it. Do you trust your evaluation on Dillard? Are you is there any concern about anything else? I mean, he's healthy, but or do you think he needs one more year of seasoning? My sense is they're going to be talking about this internally. Where as you as we just mentioned. For the season, there was zero chance. There was no way it was in consideration. And Jason told you when you interviewed him, hey, look, he's felt fresh. He's not hurt. Right. But the other problem is, Jeff, he still misses time. 
He does. He does come out. So we'll see. We will see what the – listen, we're going to have a lot of podcasts uh, at the end of the year, during the offseason, during the draft, during OTAs to talk about what's going to happen with Jason Peters. Because although this is it for this edition of Inside the Birds, you and I aren't going anywhere. So we want to thank our listeners. They've been through us all year, three podcasts a week. We're not going anywhere. We'll still be putting pods out every week of the off season. We're still going to be generating content, have a few surprises for our listeners. We're even going to start a website pretty soon that we're going to put more content on. We're going to continue to put video content on our Inside the Birds YouTube page. So make sure you're subscribing to that. We've just got a lot of big plans of expansion for Inside the Birds. And I know you look forward to it, Adam. I look forward to it and we'll have announcements when they're ready. So just want to thank everybody again for listening all year long. It's been a phenomenal year. We thank our friends at 97.3 ESPN. We thank our friends at PHLSportsNation.com, enhancing the fan experience with their coverage of the Eagles and the Phillies and the Sixers and the Flyers. So even though the Eagles are done, PHLSportsNation.com will still be hitting you with great content on the Sixers, even though they're frustrating right now. And then the Phillies will be starting soon. And the Flyers, of course, are um, having a nice season. Uh, always, we thank our friend Hunter Brody, helps produce the podcast. Check out his YouTube channel, Sports Talk with Broads, to get the most passionate fan takes in Philadelphia. And, of course, we thank our buddy Todd Harriman's former Eagles offensive lineman, and his company, Body Check Wellness, for their support. Um, again, that's gonna. this is the end of the season, but it is not the end for Inside the Birds. We're only going to give you more and more content as we go along. So please stick with us. Please follow our Twitter page. Inside the bird at Inside Birds on Twitter because we'll be doing contests and giveaways all throughout the off season. So as always, we thank you for flying with us inside the birds. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.